I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Rollbeck, and it is a glorious day. It is a mock draft day. Woo. Danny Kelly has released his latest mock draft. It is at nfldraft.thereinger.com. You can check it out. You can scroll through it while we're going through it. Again, that's nfldraft.thereinger.com. And we're going to go scroll through it. We're going to get through. We're going to go through all the picks that are fun. It's going to be great. But also, there's a lot of NFL news this week. So if you want to hear Danny Kelly and I's initial reaction to the Russell Wilson trade, we broke that down yesterday in depth, and we put it on this feed. Bill Simmons joined us. We were in a live green room. It was fun. There were a lot of people there. So check that out. That is the Wednesday, March 8th episode of the NFL Draft Show here. And that episode is titled Every Angle of the Russell Wil of Sorry, I can't speak English. Every Angle of the Russell Wilson's Trip. I can't speak. I'm gonna, we're going to take <laughs> it's three. It's called Every Angle of the Russell Wilson to the Broncos Trade. Thank you, Craig. That's I have kind trouble of a reading. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. It was like DK's heart got pulled out of his chest, and then we put a microphone right to his mouth and was like, how does this feel? So sorry, DK, but thank you for the content. <laughs> we it's all will for get, the content. Yeah. We will get DK's more measured reaction on this show when we get to the Seahawks picking ninth in the draft, which they are mm. now. But for today... Before we go through DK's mock draft, we also have to hit that there was another trade today. Carson Wentz has been traded to Washington. The Colts are sending Washington Carson Wentz. And in exchange, the Colts are getting a third rounder this year and a third rounder next year. They also swapped second round picks. The Colts moved up like five picks in the second also, round. Also, one of those thirds could become a second if Wentz plays 70% of the snaps, correct? Yeah. It seems like an eerily familiar yeah. deal to anybody. <laughs> So, I, honestly, my first thought when I saw this was the Seinfeld thing of like, it's a write-off. You're like, what do you mean it's a write-off? I don't know. It's a write-off. But who knows? 
Solak. The first thing that I thought of was the uh, Tobias Funke thing where he's explaining uh, if like therapy is going to work. Oh, these people delude themselves into believing <laughs> yeah. it's going to work for them, but it never works for them. This is Carson Wentz every year. The first thing I thought was... <laughs> but it might work for us. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought was, uh, lol, lamau, lamafow, lamau. <laughs> Lamau. This like, is my so, analysis. <laughs> so, like, I am curious. There's a thousand things we could talk about Carson Wentz and the Colts. I just want to start here. How much better is Carson Wentz than Taylor Heineke for Washington, like, right now? Football player? Exclusively yes. on the field? A little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a bit. Like, certainly a bit. Definitely sure. a skosh. Almost, almost positively a a, a, an amount yeah. that is measurable by human scale. Functionally, in terms of like how many games are the Washington is the Washington football team winning with Wentz this year as Commanders. opposed to Heineke? Or excuse on, me, man. yeah. The, the, well, no, because last year I was talking about last year. Oh, okay. When, as, yeah, so suck it, Craig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like one game. I don't. I don't think the delta in terms of on-field ability is that great. I think that it could be if we were still talking about Wentz as like a player with potential, but he's almost thirty. So at this point, kind of the book's been written. Wow. So it's kind so, of a stinky, but you of a said stinky that trade on field. But then obviously the whole book with Wentz at this point isn't just that he's just making these crazy decisions off uh, on the field and throwing left-handed interceptions. It's also just like yeah. he's not lugged in any of the locker rooms. He's now gone to two different teams and two different teams have looked at him and be like, man, you saw the stuff he did on the field. He was way worse if you get to know him. <laughs> so we talked about, yeah, the cut of the cut of your jib award. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Bad looking tough, jib. Tough hang. The tough hang award. He just seems like a tough hang at this point. Uh, Zach Kiefer wrote a piece for The Athletic. Uh, came out about a half hour ago. People should read it. Um, and in it, he's basically talking about how the divorce came to be. And there's a line in there where he says, uh, uh, what was missing, something the team believe, was the type of direction the Colts got from the quarterback position in recent years, namely with Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, and even Jacoby Brissett, which when Oof. someone says namely and then names all the alternatives... <laughs> Uh, namely, it's not everyone really namely, else. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> namely, uh, a list of names. Yeah, it, right. namely, everyone else uh, who, despite struggling late in the 2019 season, remained a deeply respected voice within the locker room. In other words, with a QB in place beside when some believe the gutting late season collapse the Colts suffered would never have happened. He goes on to say, according to one source, the Colts' divorce with Wentz this offseason was only a matter of time. All that needed to be decided was whether the team would trade or cut him. Uh Craig's video went entirely dark while I was saying that because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's got motion sensored lights. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in a room with motion sensored lights. I'm in a room with motion sensored lights. Which is how you know it's it's dark in, it's dark with the, in Indianapolis. And Craig really wanted to hammer on that in, yeah, imagery. Wow. They they dedication. they spent a season with Wentz. And remember, a big part of why they brought him was because they believed they knew him. Frank Reich was like, this is my guy and I know him. Mm -hmm. They spent one season with him. Less than a calendar year. And said we can't. This guy can't stay in the building. Keeper said they would have traded. They would have caught <laughs> him if they couldn't trade. Stay him. in the building. We, we, he can't. We can't leave him here. We don't want him in the room. And that is what with how the end of Philadelphia went, where there was just a power struggle and there were there were personality disagreements. It's how Indianapolis went, and Washington said, "Oh baby, oh, only two day two picks. Oh, sign me up. Let's do it, Chief." Uh, which is just I don't think is going to end well for anybody. So you know when that. People describe their quarterbacks as like, oh, he's a foxhole guy. He's a guy you want in your foxhole. What's the name for the guy who gets kicked out of the foxhole? <laughs> he's a, he's a, a turncoat. He's a fringe guy. <laughs> he's a yellow-bellied rapscallion. 
I like Solak, who looks 14 years old, using the language of people who are like 90. I kind of like that. Okay. So <laughs> that's my shtick. The there's a lot of wrinkles to this. I kind of want to know what Solak thinks about being a Philadelphia fan, and now he, Ben Simmons might go back to the Sixers. Like, if he's not a coward and plays in the Sixers game this week, and then also now, so Washington, he won't be Wentz, playing. It, but it will be his first game on the bench for Simmons, wow. so which that, is on purpose. Within 24 hours now, Wentz is going to be playing in the Eagles again. That's wonderful. Uh, that's going to be just a very fun for the year with Philadelphia. From the Colts' perspective, if we just now look, they're going to have now five quarterbacks in the last five years. I'm kind of curious what you guys think about the trade market. So the remaining quarterbacks left are Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. Jordan Love. Now that Rodgers is back with Chris Bay, Ballard he, liked in that cycle. Chris Ballard was a Jordan Love guy. So with that, I, I mean, maybe there's Jared Goff or something, but really that's kind of the trade market. I want to just read an email for both of you, DK and Solak. And this is an email from Sam. 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 Uh, with the huge contract that Q Ron Rogers just signed. <laughs> that gets me every time. That's not a fair nickname, but Q Ron, it gets, okay. That's, that's hilarious. It works. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> With Rodgers just signing the contract, should quarterback-hungry teams be interested in trading for Jordan Love? How do you think Jordan Love stacks up against this weak draft class for quarterbacks? Is Jordan Love, or rather, would Jordan Love be the best quarterback in this class? I'm curious what both you and Solek think about that. Especially with the Colts maybe needing someone. Best is a hard thing to say. Here's the deal. The one thing I would say that Jordan Love has for him that many of the quarterbacks in this this draft class don't have is he has Mm -hmm. like prototype size. He's 6'4", 224 pounds. Um, outside of size, love it. Uh, well, closer, closer to part, baby. <laughs> Comes off uh, the bus. Compared to guys like, say, uh, I was going to say Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell. Uh, compared to a guy like even Matt Corral, who's a little bit he he did measure in a little bit heavier. He was two hundred fifteen pounds than than people expected, but he's still like six foot two. Um, you know, Malik Willis is six foot even. I think if anything, that's like the one thing that might have teams like actually interested in Jordan Love, even though he is has has really shown nothing in the couple of years that he's been with the Packers in the spot duty that he's had. He had, I think, believe one start, and he just did not look good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's tough. Like, I guess the question is really just, like, do you shoot for the unknown, the more unknown with some of these rookie guys, or do you go for the guy and try and, like, rehabilitate who hasn't really shown anything in the NFL so far through The unknown years? or the unknowner? Is Jordan Love any good? Can anyone here tell me? Is he good or not? I doubt it. Ben's shaking his head no. Is he as good as <laughs> Davis Mills? Can we get Davis Mills instead? I mean, so I, I'm very much in the we don't know. I We've seen one start, and, and it's very uh, it's a strong temptation to look at the one start, which wasn't great, and be like, it's because he's bad. He was playing a Chiefs defense that was playing very well at the time. True. Steve Spagnuolo has been very good against young quarterbacks because he's super blitz happy. And it's also worth noting, they didn't like run the Jordan Love offense. They kind of ran the Aaron Rodgers offense and like, in the second half, we're a little bit better because they kind of figured out what would work for him. But like, it's the first start. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm very much in the we don't know if Jordan Love is good camp or not. With that said, in terms of my estimation of Love coming out of Utah State two years ago, I like Willis better. I like Pickett better. I like Ritter better. Uh, yeah. And so, if mm-hmm. I can trade a round three pick for Jordan Love, I'll probably do that. I don't want that to be my only quarterback move. But if I've got like a competition, I'm perfectly fine making that trade. I just better be accompanying it with other things because I'd rather spend that three on love than be forced in a position come late April to spend a one on any one of these quarterbacks. And by the way, just want to throw this out there. Jordan Love, 23 years old currently. Guess who else is 23? Matt Corral? Kenny Pickett? <laughs> like, he came into yeah. the NFL pretty young. So, like, in terms of overall age, like, he's still young. He's still got that potential to learn. We're talking about the same age as 
two of these potential first round guys. And so, um, I mean, that's another variable that you have to kind of keep in mind. Like, does he have the upside to continue to grow? And he has, I think you would say, you could say some more intriguing physical attributes than some of these other guys in this rookie class, um, just because he, he's pretty mobile. He's got a good arm, got a whip, whip like arm. Um, I don't know. I'm I think, so he, I think it's worth of, throwing him into the, like the mix at least right now. I'm just so hesitant with quarterbacks where people kind of like are stretching to say nice things about them. That just feels like forcing yeah. it. Most quarterbacks don't work. I don't want the ones that people have to be like, well, I, I can think of things that are good. Every year, there's always like a handful of teams that just kind of trade mediocre quarterbacks and then talk themselves into that working out this year. Like, oh, yeah. We're yeah. just going to move around Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Jameis Winston and Carson Wentz, and then people will convince themselves that they have a shot. Yeah. Shio Kapati of The Athletic has like a nine rules of the offseason, sort of like nine commandments thing that he always shares this year. And rule five is don't pay for competence of the quarterback position. Yeah. Just stop it. Just yeah. if you're like, oh, and then well, this would be like, a, a, it's a good price for, like a, for how good he is, you're dumb. Pay, pay for pay for actually potentially good quarterbacking or stop. Those are your only options. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's get to DK's mock draft. So we're going to go through this, and we're going to do it in the real spirit that you actually go through a mock draft, because let's be real. You click on a mock draft and you scroll. We know you mm. do it. We can see. You click you on the mock right draft. right to your team. People go right to their team. Exactly. Yeah. Your webcam is on. <laughs> <Poor watch. laughs> you look at the first three picks, and then you go to your team. So we're going to go. We're going to have DK. Take us pick by pick, but he's just going to read the team that's drafting and the player they took in his mock draft. <laughs> and then when like we guide. want him to elaborate or we want to talk about the player, we're going to tell him to stop. It's like a bus. He's just driving and we're going to pull the chain when we want DK <laughs> to stop. Can we yell pull? Can we go pull? <laughs> when we want to stop. Are we shooting clay pigeons? We're skeet shooting. <laughs> yeah. skeet yeah. shooting? Yeah. Can we do that? Pull. I was thinking Tom Tom, but pull's actually funnier. Yep. Okay, let's so I have not I have not looked at the mock at all. I've I clicked on oh, it. Oh, this is perfect. You know, company man, and I clicked out of it. So I've not seen a Thank single pick. Thank you for the click, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, wow. I got you, baby. <laughs> also, yeah. speaking of click, everyone click. Go to nfldraft.therino.com. You love can those follow clicks. along right now. We love those clicks. Now, do we want you to enjoy our incredible mo uh, mobile experience and be able to follow along in real time while listening to this pod? Yeah, but we just wow. care about the clicks, baby. I don't care if you have a good experience. Just give us them clicks, baby. In the future, long down the road, maybe not that long, hopefully, you'll be able to be on the app and you'll be able to look at the mock Ooh. draft as we go down together. Ooh. That's fun. Oh, Spoiler. Immersive experience. In the metaverse. I want to, in the metaverse, I want the three of us, though, not DK, to, to actually say pull. Pull when you okay. want to talk yeah, to this guy. Pull. Pull. Okay. So we're so, mixing we're mixing themes here because I was told to to picture when we all went to the Universal Studios in LA during the Super Bowl, the media <laughs> party, we're sitting four four abreast, hee haw, we're sitting hee haw in the front of this like wagon thing. Uh, just what? enjoying the hell out what of this it. This wagon yeah. thing. What are you talking Whatever about? Whatever it's, it's called. Trailer. There was a trolley. <laughs> trolley. Did you say hee haw? I'm it? not letting that go. Did, why did you say sitting hee haw? Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm hoping it's a thing. Uh, that's like where you're all sitting like three three abreast in like a, the front of a truck. I don't know. DK, I don't know. Dude, we were sitting next to each other. No one bus. knows. Yeah. It's so hard about this. <laughs> he anyway. said abreast twice now. He said abreast and then he used abreast to clarify his original statement. It's a lot of abreasting. <laughs> DK, why don't you just <laughs> set the right word? The books, now I'm like man. completely lost. Why don't you start reading it? the mock draft? Dude? All right. Starting off in Jacksonville. Lovely Jacksonville. I'm going edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan to the Jags at number one. Pull. Oh, 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 all right. We talk about it a little one. bit. 
Sure. Why do you think they're ultimately going to go with a defensive player rather than shore up the offensive line for Trevor Lawrence? All right, so one one of the big pieces of news on Tuesday, apart from the Russell Wilson thing, was that the Jags uh, franchise tag Cam Robinson, their left tackle, again. And so it sounds like they're going to try and at least keep him this year, maybe lock him in long-term to a deal. And that gives the indication that they probably don't want to take a tackle with the top overall pick if they're doing that. Unless they like try and trade him or something, which I, it seems less likely. Okay. But didn't the Lions just take Panay Sewell and stick him at right tackle because they had Taylor Decker at left tackle? Yes, yes, but they also didn't have a right tackle at the time. Whereas the Jaguars have like Walker Little, right? Who they like. I think Juwan Taylor is still under contract he too is, as believe, well. Yes. They have Ben Barch. Yeah. Like they got guys. Hmm. Okay. So I think the that that piece of news also moved the line. And I think Hutchinson is now the favorite to be the number one to pick. Ben, betting. It was at plus 600 before <laughs> the news broke. And then it got as far down as like minus 200. It's at like minus 190, 185 Ooh, right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I got plus 600, like 30 seconds. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, but how many other first round pick bets have you made? You're not going to make any money. I know. I'm going to make money if it's Icky or if it's Aiden Hutchinson. If it's Evan Neal, break even. All right. Oh, all right. I'll be rooting for all those. So do we say, when we want DK to continue, do we be like back on the bus or is it more like clear? No, DK DK has to tell us like, all right, we're moving Behind forward. the yellow line. All right. Get your feet in. We're going Detroit. Next up, the Lions. I'm going free safety or just safety generally. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Paul. Paul. boy, <laughs> baby. Huge well pull. done. Correct. <laughs> Good pick. And ben loves this. Pull. Ben thinks he should be the top pick. Okay, I have a poll here, which is uh, a safety. This is like tied for the highest the safety has literally ever gone in the NFL draft. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, is Kyle Hamilton actually that good? Are you saying he's like the best safety prospect ever? DK, yeah. Can you explain why safeties don't ever go in the top three usually? So I think generally speaking in the NFL's history, they haven't been considered a premium position. You got like left tackles, quarterbacks, sometimes receivers, corners. Like those positions are considered more valuable and, and more important and they get paid at a higher rate in the NFL. You can see like the pay rates for different position groups and that reflects like the way that teams view these as the, the most valuable positions. And so safeties are, are certainly less valuable on the spectrum. They're like closer to like what you'd consider like a running back potentially. They're starting to earn a little bit more money. Um, but there's a reason like everybody laughed at the Seahawks when they traded two first rounders for Jamal Adams because it wasn't considered a premium position. And lo and behold, he really hasn't moved the needle all that much for the Seahawks. Um, so that I think is hanging over Kyle Hamilton's head. It may end up making him drop a little bit. We'll see. Um, I went with Hamilton here just because I think if with Hutchinson off the board, I don't know what the Lions are going to do. I think they have, there's like a million different options they could do. They could trade back here. Um, they could take a tackle, but they don't really need a tackle at this, this high. Um, mm-hmm. and I think a guy like Hamilton just has so much utility in, in, in the secondary. He could play so many different roles that it would be more valuable than your typical normal safety, if that makes sense. I thought the whole deal with the Jamal Adams trade being dumb was also that Jamal Adams is not awesome in coverage. But is Kyle Hamilton not awesome in coverage? Why would you take a guy second if he's not great in coverage? He And that's, I think, where they're different is he's very good in coverage. He's got a ton mm-hmm. of range. He's instinctual. He can uh, carry tight end up the seam. He can run with running backs. He's he. There's like one play, I can't remember, I think it was against Florida State, where he came all the way across the field from like the far side to intercept a pass. So... I mean, he's just he's just kind of different. He's he's a rare prospect in that sense. But again, you're going to run into this idea that maybe safety, maybe teams just won't take a safety that high. So I think that's like the big question mark here. 
I think there's two questions. So, like, first, is Kyle Hamilton, like, the best safety prospect you've seen in a long time? Like, and then we'll get to whether safety is worth it. But just is he, like, the best safety prospect ever in 10 or 20, 30 years? What do you think, Solak? I mean, he's up there with Darwin. And he's he's not as fast as Darwin, but he's a little bit bigger. And I think he's a little bit better in terms of, like, playing linebacker, which is, like, you know, like when you're legitimately in the box, which is an important part of being a, a combo safety. You're going to be a quarter safety. you got to have to fit the run. And Darwin's really good, but Hamilton's legit, like, a linebacker, which is really crazy. Um, I do think he's worth it to answer your second question. And it's funny. I have a, I have a piece detailing this entire argument and it was meant to publish like Tuesday around noon. <laughs> and then Aaron, apparently there was bigger NFL news than my Kyle Hamilton opinions. Um, but Pete, the ringer NFL feeds probably, I think it's fr- Friday. We're doing it at some point. I don't know, but I have a big Hamilton piece coming out because I I not only believe that Hamilton's worth it, I believe that the NFL, in terms of some of the safety contracts they've been handing out, are starting to tell us that they're going to value safety a lot more than they have over the last five years, and appropriately so. I, I'm seeing Hamilton the play this weekend in person for the first time, and now I'm just thinking <laughs> oh. of like the safety Kyle Hamilton. I, I'm kind of tone deaf, but now I'm just thinking of Hamilton as Hamilton. I just so want to keep, keep, keep making going. Keep sing. singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I'm if you keep singing, bad. I'll get it. If you keep singing, I'll get the, the comparison. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing about the Lions that I think is interesting, and this is the reason I wanted to yell poll. So if the Lion, if Aiden Hutchinson is on the board, the Lions are probably going to take him. They literally mm-hmm. need pass rusher so badly. Aiden Hutchinson went to high school like 20 minutes from Ford Field. He has like the kneecap biting mentality Dan Campbell wants. I think he's obviously Aiden Hutchinson if he's there, right? But if he's not, the Lions have this weird situation where they need an edge rusher, but the other one will be Kayvon Thibodeau. So maybe they don't love Kayvon Thibodeau, but they also don't need a tackle, even though they might like the tackles, but they have Panay Sewell last year, and then they have Taylor Dickles. Not ta- I don't know what I just said. They have Taylor Decker uh, at left tackle or whatever. I'm like Tommy Pickles, Taylor Pickles. I don't know. But then so they either have a, a position they need, but maybe a guy they don't like in Thibodeau. They have a maybe tackles they like, but they don't need a tackle with all the offensive guys. So does that just lead to them being like, oh, screw it. We'll just take a safety number two. Is that kind of the perfect storm you need to take a safety this high, DK? Yeah, potentially. I mean, that's kind of like my that was my thought process here. Exactly. Is. If they don't want to have, if they don't want to spend a, uh, that high of a pick on tackle and then convert him to a guard, which they could do, a guy like uh, Iki Iquanu could play guard, and I think he'd be a really good guard. But again, you get back to the positional value. Guards typically aren't valued that highly in the NFL. Um, they aren't paid that highly, so maybe they just don't want to go that route. And so, uh, you know, this is where it leads to. I think in reality, maybe the Lions look to trade down, um, and and try and get Hamilton a little bit later, pick up some extra draft picks or whatever. Um, but they have to take that risk then because that he could be picked a little bit higher. So um, I think overall, just Kyle Hamilton as a prospect, as a player, is one of the most interesting guys in this class because it wouldn't surprise me if he goes here at number two. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he falls. And we saw Derwin James, really, really good product uh, prospect. He fell to like 16 or something like that, and everyone was just shocked. They couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was about his medicals, right? Like, we don't ever get really to get to know what the deal with his that was a little bit of a, yeah. knee is. But I think that's generally... When sure. you probably fell. Okay, so should we get back on the bus? That's a long bus stop. <laughs> All right, safety. we got to speed this bus up a little bit because we're only through two. Now we are going to Houston for the Texans where they're taking uh, offensive tackle Iki Aquanu from North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Houston looks nice. Yeah, We're going to keep going. Good stuff in Houston. We're going to New York now where Heifetz is from. The Jets, they're taking edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Thoughts, concerns, keep it moving. Bus driver, just keep rolling. 
All right. Then we got New York Giants at number five. Offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama. Pull. Oh, that's your, is that the Giants? Yeah. All I want to see is all I want to say is absolutely hell yes. This is my dream. <laughs> the Giants, I think, literally need to take the L. And by that, I mean, just take a freaking lineman. They have the fifth pick. They have the seventh pick. I'm going to spoil the bus driver. You also have them taking Derek, Sting- Derek Stingley, the cornerback at LSU. Wow. This guy's taking the tour ride. Wow. Craig. Wow. Who's giving this the guy's out here, here guys? Not? taking the bus driver's job? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I don't care. Whatever. Sorry. I, this fine. is my That's dream. Fine. Like, literally, let just take the best tackle who falls with the fifth pick. Let I, me ask like, you this, because. Here, here's how I envisioned it, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but they take uh, Evan Neal here at number five, and then they move Andrew Thomas, who was their one of their top tackles in 2020, over to right tackle, where they have an opening. Does that make sense to you, or would you keep Thomas at left tackle? Because he did start playing a little bit better. To tell you the tackle. truth, I don't care. Like, I, Either like The one. Giants can make that decision. Like sure. I, I really don't care. Just put two of them at tackle. I really don't care whether Andrew Thomas stays at left tackle or not. I just want Two tackles. Like the Giants yeah. have basically Andrew Thomas is the only real building block they have on the offensive line. And they don't really have a building block on the defensive line. It's kind of incredible. Like, they don't really have any players that I'm sure will be there in like two or three seasons from now on the defense. Like every great Giants team ever has had a good defensive line, a good pass rush. The Giants don't have anything. I want an offensive tackle, a pass rusher, whatever. Just get me a guy in the trenches. And then next year when the quarterbacks are better, get me Bryce Young to replace Daniel Jones. So this is it I makes- love this. It makes me feel good when when the fans of teams like the picks that I give them because I do think about that. I don't want to try and like piss everybody off, although I probably should because clicks, love those clicks. <laughs> love but those I do stars. like I do like to try and make people feel good about the teams that they're or the, the players that they're getting for their teams. Speaking of that, here's Carolina at number six. Charles Cross, Mississippi State, very good pass protecting offensive lineman. I think it makes perfect sense for them. Going to number seven, back to the Giants, as you alluded to, Heifetz, Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU, Paul, tons of upside. All right, here we go. What do you got? I feel like everything in the world right now is that Stingley's falling and that Sauce is corner one. Do you just disagree because of film or what? To be clear, Sauce is a mod gardener, the the Cincinnati guy. I like that we nah, just call just, him Sauce. Just Sauce. Just Sauce. When, you're, when your nickname is Sauce, I'm not calling you anything besides Sauce. <laughs> sauce. Thank you. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, so here's why I think ultimately people are going to go back to the uh, was it 2019 tape when he was really elite. Um, and obviously he's had injuries in the last two years. He's had up and down play, I guess, in the last two years, as he didn't quite look as dominant as he was as a freshman, a true freshman. But he used to like lock up Jamar Chase, right? Right. He was like, there's yes, like sir. practice film coming as out of a like high school senior freshman, whatever, just hanging out with the team when he was 17. Yes, eight, sir. 18 years old. Um, I think people are going to see that and say this guy has incredible upside. He has the prototype size. He has ball skills. He has instincts. And again, like we have this happen every year, Ben. Like, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I try and like filter out some of the noise and some of this uh mm-hmm. i guess like what the shiny new toy thing that happens with every year where as you get into the draft process um some of the blue chip players that have been blue chip players came on Thibodeau for example uh for years people just kind of get bored of them they're like yeah maybe they're not as good as we thought let's move this other guy up and this happens every single year um so i'm just kind of like trying to keep that in mind i'm, pl- I'm trying to be mindful of the fact that stingley still has elite elite profile um, and tons of upside, and I think someone's going to take a take a risk on that early on. If we're talking shiny new toys, I'm excited to see where you have Trayvon Walker. I'm curious now. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 
25 and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Let's get back on the bus. Yeah. All right. Next up, Atlanta. Beautiful Atlanta. I hear the food scene here is great. Also, they need a receiver. Wide receiver Drake London out of USC. Pull. Ooh, okay. Okay. I just want to. I just want to spend some time here in Atlanta a little bit. Check yeah. out the scenery. Is this hit a couple a tour bus. I don't know. Yes. I don't know what this is. Universal tours. Hyvitz, don't question it. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> um. So obviously Calvin Ridley uh, is out for at least this season for mm-hmm. Atlanta, which leaves them with not a lot of the wide receiver position. They have like Russell Gage. Uh, no, he's a free agent. Oh, Russell Gage is free agent. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously. Alameda Zacchaeus, my boy. Yeah. Love that player. Oh, yeah. Zacchaeus. So, DK, I want to know why you picked Drake London over guys like Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, and the other wide receivers. So, part of the way I do mock drafts, too, is I try and like keep an eye on, on the scuttlebutt and, and the way the winds are blowing in terms of NFL draft prognostication. And I think Drake London right now, I've seen it in, in multiple like in the top 10 in a lot of mock drafts. It just feels like the NFL loves this guy. He didn't run this week. And so sort of by like default, I think he actually rose because there's no news there's, is good news for Drake London. <laughs> right. Like he's huge. He, he weighed in, I think heavier than people are expecting. Um, all that in stuff. A good, he was in like a good a way. Yes. He was, okay. he was 219 pounds, I believe, or something like that. And people are expecting him to be a bean pole, but he wasn't. He's a lot closer to the Mike Evans size um, than people thought he was going to be based on what he was listed at USC. Are there perfect weights for heights at receiver? Like, can you tell me if a wide receiver is 6'3", do you know the exact weight you would ideally like him to be? Not off the top of my head, but you're looking for 26 plus BMI. Yep. Oh. Not frail. Okay. 26 plus, this is like a dynasty research like thing is like they've, there's been research done in the dynasty community about um, BMI in terms of body mass index and how thick a guy is essentially, because sure. these rail thin guys that are super tall, generally speaking, have not been very successful in the NFL. Um, whereas you get guys like Brandon Marshall, uh, Mike Evans, where they're six foot five, 230 pounds, they can hold up to the physicality of the game at that height. You want guys that are a little bit thicker. That's why there's a lot of question marks about some of these guys in this class, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, even Jameson uh, like Williams, George, George Pickens, Jameson Williams. They're all kind of skinny guys. And so obviously in today's game, it's changing a little bit because there's not as much hitting over the middle and things like that. 
Um, but generally speaking, as a rule, yeah, you want guys that are a little bit thicker, more muscular that can like like hold up against press coverage, get off press, um, take big hits, and keep going. Um, just stronger guys, generally speaking. So yeah, so it's the thick plus. index. It's how many C's they got on the yeah. th- how many C's in the thick. <laughs> That'll be twenty six, baby. So London is a little thicker than people thought, and so that was a good thing. Okay, so there we go. So Drake London replaces Calvin Ridley. That makes sense, even though he's probably got forty pounds in Calvin Ridley. Okay, back of the bus. All right. Actually, now I'm just trying to Google Drake London's BMI because I'm curious if it's over 26. I got you. What is it? 26.7. All right, we're good. That's my boy. Going to be a good receiver now. He's going to be good. I like it. He can be a top 10 pick. All right. Big big shift in the the tour here, guys, by the way. We took a little U-turn. We took a little detour. Instead of going to Denver, we went all the way out west to Seattle. Mm. Who traded freaking Russell Wilson. I still cannot believe that actually happened. Still weird to say. They traded Russell Wilson. <laughs> now they have the number nine pick. By the way, they haven't had a top 10 pick since 2010. <laughs> so this is weird Been for me personally. Um, and I went with QB Malik Willis out of Liberty. I got to tell you, I'm excited about this personally. How are you I guys I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Danny said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pulling. I'm stopping this bus. I'm going to be honest. I made this mock draft, but I am excited about this prospect. <laughs> Did anyone well, want to pull, or should we just move uh, yeah, along? Yeah, we're in pulling. No, we're pulling. All right. All right, let's just rewind for a second. Let's divorce the Malik Willis thing for one second. Just the Russell Wilson sure. trade. You've had 24 hours now to digest this, 30 yeah. hours, whatever it's been. How do you, forgetting the Malik Willis pick for a second, how do you feel about the Russell Wilson trade with a, a night to sleep on it? Uh, I, I haven't really changed. I still think it's probably not the best move ever. It's very <laughs> risky. <laughs> if I'm being like completely honest, if I'm being honest, like the odds of it all working out for the Seahawks seem kind of low. However, I, I understand from their point of view that in a couple of years, like in, a, in after 2022, Russell Wilson's going to start looking for a contract extension. He's going to want $50 million a year. And the Seahawks clearly as is indicated by the fact they fucking traded him, we're not wanting to give him $50 million a year. They didn't think he was that caliber of quarterback at this point in his career. Um, so from that point of view, I actually do understand like why they did this move. Um, you can pick nits about how much they got. I do think having a top 10 pick plus another first rounder, plus two second rounders, plus a couple of like potentially productive players is, is like what you'd want from a, from to get a quarterback like that, like two first rounders mm. for Matt Stafford. I have a question though. Are you because there's two different arguments here? You're saying, well, you might have to pay him a lot of money, and they don't think he's that good. I personally don't. I I don't know if that's what it is. Are do you think it's they don't want to pay him a lot of money because they don't think he's good? Are you saying that philosophically, Pete Carroll doesn't want to throw the ball a ton, and Russell Wilson does, so they don't want to pay any quarterback $50 million because they'd rather kind of have like a game manager thing and win with the running game and defense. And they don't think Russ is going to want to do that. Cause those are there's layers. Things. There's layers to this. So I would say you're on the right track. Russ, uh, Pete Carroll has said, going back to like his time at USC um, when he wrote his, I believe this is in his book win forever, which is basically he never wants to be, he, he never wants his team to be fully dependent on a quarterback. Like they want their backup to be able to come in and they'd be fine. So that's why he believes so strongly in being able to run, having balance, ju- simplifying things for the quarterback, not turning the ball over. Like these are the tenets of his offense. Um, however, I will say, and he admitted this in a press conference over this offseason, like he wouldn't still be in Seattle without Russell Wilson. He probably would have gotten fired. He he acknowledges this. He knows that his career 
is intertwined with what Russell Wilson has done for them. So he understands that you can, and look, I mean, going back to his USC days, like he always had a really good quarterback. Like he knows it's a big part of his success. He's not an idiot. However, um, I would say like in terms of asking if you're going to pay someone $50 million, like if he had, if he had a chance to like get Tom Brady right now, he probably would do it. I think Um, they at one point went after Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning got released by the Colts. Um, I think the problem that they saw with Russell Wilson was they couldn't run the style of offense that they wanted to run with Russell Wilson's skill set as it is currently in his career right now. Russell Wilson sucks on third down, like period, straight up. He's not good on third down. He hasn't been for like years. And the Seahawks whole philosophy, their whole identity is centered around getting into third manageable because they love to run the ball on early downs. Therefore, you need to be good on third down in order to fucking move the ball. They have no they were not able to run. They, they ran like 20 something plays a game. Okay, but I think you buried the lead there. In my mind, what I actually need from a quarterback is I need a quarterback who can convert on third down. So, Solak, do you think Russell Wilson, do you buy what DK just said, that Russell Wilson's bad on third down? Because to me, that means he's not a good quarterback. Well, not an elite quarterback. He is worse on third downs than he is on early downs. I don't know if it's objectively (laughs) bad. Right. Uh, There's a lot of of bad quarterbacks in in, in the league. Um, But he's worse on third down. Some of that is play style. He likes to screw around back there. He likes to invite pressure. He thinks he can always break a tackle and third downs when you're getting your pressure packages. Some of that is also the way the Seahawks build it. When they say to your quarterback, hey, on first and second down, uh, screw you. We're going to do what we do. Uh, We don't really trust you to kind of like run this offense. So we're just going to kind of do the whole run the ball thing. And then on third and seven, they're like, hey, you want to save us? Like that, that wears (laughs) on a guy that wears on a guy mentally. Right. And a lot of times when Russ plays poorly in the back half of the seasons and Russ has had more than a couple seasons where the second half has been worse than the first half. It's because on late downs, you're like, all right, third and four, go get six. And Russ is like, go get 70, like go get, go get six. Russ, I'll get 70. Like you got to relax, brother. Uh, And so he's got kind of like a, (laughs) a, a complex to him in that way where he just feels like he always has to be this hero. And I wrote a piece about what Denver's got to do with Russ in terms of the X's and O's and not asking him to be a hero is a big part of it because he's going to, he falls into that complex very easily. So, and then I want to really quickly, before we move on from here, explain why I picked Malik Willis, because I don't necessarily think Malik Willis is like going to be a whiz on third downs. Like that's not his big thing. What I think is I I see Willis and I see a guy who can run an offense that was kind of similar to what the Seahawks ran early on in uh, Russell Wilson's career, which was very much centered around making the quarterback part of the ground game, read option, bootlegs, keeping the defense honest. Um, th- all of that really contributes a lot to like what the running backs can do. It helps you open up another gap. Um, it makes the defense commit another guy down to the box. Therefore, it opens up play-action shots down the field. All of it marries together, and I think it actually makes a lot of sense for w- what they ran early on in Russell Wilson- Wilson's career. Um, I think he could do a lot of that stuff, and so I don't necessarily think he's as polished as Russell Wilson was coming out of uh, Wisconsin, but... Um, stylistically they could do some of the things that they did early on in Wilson's career with like the quarterback run game that could make it all work together pretty well. It's a good fit. Uh, it allows Pete to run the offense he wants to run. Yeah. Don't know <laughs> if that's net good, but it is what it allows him to do. If we're going to run this offense, guys, I want somebody you, that can You're to Tobias Funke right now. You're deluding yourself. Thinking. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Honestly, the fact that DK got to do this mock draft was kind of just medicine for him. Like it was like he got to just go into the lair and be like, "I can fix this." I know it would have been funny if he just like was like offensive lineman Charles Cross to Seattle. Okay, moving on. I, it's there weird. Is that it's feeling. honestly very yeah. weird to even think about the Seahawks picking someone in the first round. No, most of the time they trade out of the first round. I'm like never even 
worried about who they're going to pick on day one because it's like, ah, the Jacks won't pick today. I still can't get really over the fact that they traded two first-round picks for Jamal Adams and then they turned around and flipped Russell Wilson for two firsts and basically two second-rounders. It's pretty yeah. Incredible. If if I if I start thinking of it in that context, it's going to drive me nuts. So I'm just going to choose not to. Good call. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a mental health management right there. All right, back on the bus. Honestly, right. people deluding themselves is like really underrated. It's like it's a great it's a great uh, human evolution. Okay, yeah, back in the bo- bus, Mister. All right. Sad speaking guy. of uh, the Seahawks trading Jamal Adams for two first rounders, the next pick right here, back to New York Jets, which they got from the Seahawks in the Jamal Adams trade. It is going to. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I like this fit. You want to know Love why? Because I think he complements Elijah uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis pretty well. Like Corey Davis can play mm-hmm. that X role. Elijah Moore can play the Z role, which is the move movement guy. He's basically off the line. He can move around. And then you can put Burks in the slot. You can move him to Z. Like they can kind of intertwine um, and do a lot of different things. He can play that like quote unquote Devo Samuel role. I know that I'm not comparing him. One-to-one with Devo Samuel. Devo Samuel is a unique player, but stylistically, they're kind of similar. Thick guys, very athletic. Um, Burks also gets some comps to the A.J. Brown. So I, I think that this just makes things easier for Zach Wilson. He can pick up yards after the catch, all that stuff. DK pulled himself there. I was going to oh, say, yeah, sorry. no one, I, no I one forgot, has to I, stop here. Yeah, so. I keep forgetting what we're doing. My bad. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving along. We're going He's to... He's autopilot. He just we're going like to the, the Washington. Of the we're, going, we're going to our nation's capital here. Hi, Fitz. How do you feel about... Garrett Wilson from Ohio State to the Washington Commanders. I had to make this change this morning because of a trade that happened. Originally, I had a quarterback going to this spot. Right, but I yeah. switched it up. I don't care enough to pull. All right, uh, <laughs> moving along. Going to Minnesota for the Vikings, where I'm giving them edge rusher Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. One of the fastest Love that. meteoric risers of this draft process. Very good player. Very strong, long, athletic, all that stuff. Moving along. Just gonna keep going. No, I'm, I'm reading no your guys' no, no, expressions. No I'm waiting for it. No, we will no pull one's if making we a move. Need you. Stop giving us <laughs> DK, DK, you don't have, We know I will pull the pull chain when I like. You, the bus driver doesn't turn around at every corner and be like, "No one needs to get off here." And he's like, "No one's getting off on Washington." It's like, "No, dude, I know where I live. I know I, where yeah, I, live. I know where I, I know where I'm going." <laughs> Didn't expect this tour to be so like mean, <laughs> but all right. Uh, moving along to the Cleveland Browns. We have to tip the bus drivers. That how this works. Let's see what job he does for the next 20 picks. I feel like this one's going to get pulled. This is going to be a, a definite pull here. Cleveland Browns, edge rusher, Trevon Walker, Georgia. Moving along. Baltimore Ravens. Pull. No. Why okay. edge over receiver for the Browns? So I've thought about this a lot. And my first inclination is like maybe receiver isn't all that important for what this offense, as it's built right now, really wants I to agree. do. I agree. This is why I asked. Okay. So basically, yeah, like, uh, do they need to, to use premium draft pick, the 13th overall pick, on a receiver when they're one of the most run-heavy teams? They love to play, do play action. Um, they're building in the trenches. They don't want to pass a lot. They have Baker freaking Mayfield, um, just like ball distributing. I don't know if they necessarily need to use a top pick on this. Maybe they can go come back in the second round and grab a guy, and this is a deep receiver class. So that's, like, kind of why I went this direction is because um, – you know, just like the way that they're built, the way that they want to play, it's maybe just not the best use of their of their resources. I was going right. to say, the Browns GM, Andrew Barry, is like the youngest GM ever, and like he went to Harvard, and I didn't go to Harvard, but I feel like, you know, part of being a smart person is simplifying stuff, and like, why would you take a defensive end in the second round and receiver in the first when you could take a defensive end in the first round and a receiver in the second if everyone's just pulling receivers in second, third round out of thin air into incredible exactly, careers? Exactly, yeah. Like, 
It's a scarcity thing. And right. there's just, honestly, frankly, not very many people with the athleticism and size of Trevon Walker. Like, that's why he's rising so fast through the ranks these days is because he's six foot five, 270 pounds, can run a four, five, nine, or whatever it is he ran. He's got extremely long arms. He's like a rare prospect in that sense. Um, and I think he just has more upside. You're not going to find a guy like that in the second round, probably. Okay, back on the bus. All right, back on the bus. We're going to Baltimore near the nation's capital. Defensive tackle. Speaking of rare guys, defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. Love it. Javon Walker's teammate here. I like this fit. He's just a Ravens type of guy, in my opinion. You can play him up all up and down the line. I think he has the upside to be developed into pass rusher. Moving to Philly. I feel like this is going to be close to someone's heart here. Back-to-back stops in Philly. <laughs> we got two, so uh, two of the next three stops here. Sorry, no. Three of the next four stops here at Philadelphia. Might as well just burn through them all. Uh, number one, I'm giving at number 15, I'm giving them Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincy. At number 16, I'm giving them George Karlaftis, the edge rusher Beautiful. out of Purdue. And then at 19, which we'll, you know, kind of go back or whatever. At 19, I'm going with Tyler Linderbaum out of oh. Iowa Center. No notes. God, I love Philadelphia. <laughs> Beautiful city. I'm no notes. I have no questions. Um, <laughs> Can we play the It's no. Always Sunny music? That's not trademark. Can we play like the It's Always Sunny music for us entering Philly? <laughs> Ben, do you like that show? <laughs> I do. I have not. It's, there's too many episodes for me to be like, people are like, oh, do you know this se- episode from 17, season 17, this quote? I'm like, yeah. God, not like that, man. Yeah. Um, but a delightful show. Uh, Linderbaum is the only one where I'm kind of like, eh, just because they drafted right. Landon Dickinson in the second round. It's something that like, they do, that, and it's on the nose in terms of them. I wouldn't love it, but Sauce and Karloftis to start first two pegs. Yes, sir. Beautiful city, Philadelphia. <laughs> Let's so, go. do you want a quarterback in this year's draft, or would you rather just have three position players and then go get a quarterback later? Yeah, my ranking is one. I would like three players and with a th- three first round picks, all of them on defense. My second is two picks, and they trade one of the first rounders to have some more capital for next mm. year in case another quarterback becomes available. And then distant third is they draft quarterback this year. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, I was ready for that one. <laughs> Moving along. So sorry, we, we're going back. By the way, to, that's the shortest any bus ride to Philadelphia has ever taken. <laughs> Why? I don't get that. He had no notes. He oh had yeah, no you guys. He just loved it too. Any, much. Anyone who's ever driven, oh, it's just yeah. It's driving just around and through Philly, not delightful. Not fun. Anyway, uh, okay. So it's, this whole local, weird thing: local the Eagles Philly are picking fifteenth. The Eagles get. are then also picking sixteenth, which is bizarre. Neither which their picks. So, so and they're picking nineteenth. So we just did the three out of order. Now we're going back to seventeen. All right, going back to the Los Angeles Chargers, and I'm giving mm. them Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Uh, overshadowed mm. somewhat by Jordan Davis's amazing show at the Combine, but he was also extremely, extremely athletic. Gr- really great first step. I think for the Chargers, and the, my reasoning behind this is, and I know you guys didn't say pull. I'm just going to say it anyway. Say they pull, need, You need pass say rush pull in yourself. this division. You're going to need gonna pass do rush it, in this you got to pull. Right. Say pull, DK. You got to say pull. You can't say it. <laughs> All right, moving along to New Orleans. No, wait, we said... Okay, wait, I did actually just want a quick note. So you, you have three Georgia defensive linemen in a five-pick span. Yeah. I know we were just talking last episode about how incredible it is, but that's pretty insane that one team, one defensive line, had three first-round picks, first, never like, mind three. Top first, 17, yeah. Three, yeah, three defensive linemen in the top 20 is pretty nuts, especially when you were saying the best one is still in college. It's pretty crazy. Right. It was a good defense. It was a good defense. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a pretty good defense. I heard that on the street. I heard that. Um, all right, moving along to New Orleans, one of the best cities in the country. I'm going with Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Who, pull, pull. All right, what do we got? Why? Well, I was just going to say that. Why? 
Why not? What do you do? You not like? Do you not like Matt Corral? Not like yeah. Not like Ritter Pickett. <laughs> okay, no, so sir. yeah. Here, here was my reasoning, and again, this is not necessarily what I believe they should do. It's what I think teams may do. Um, I do think that some teams are going to look at the Pickett thing and say we don't want to take a we don't want to take a risk on an outlier. This guy has eight and a half inch hands, um, and we just don't want to get into the habit of of going for outliers. That's the only thing. So like is holding up his hands, which are eight and a half inches wide. Eight and a quarter, baby. I'm eight and a quarter. <laughs> I always think the Kenny Pickett hands thing is so stupid. And then I see Solex hands and I'm like, yeah, he could not play in the NFL. <laughs> no, Those me. hands are not NFL hands. Yeah, this is the only reason too. Everything else about me, NFL ready, yeah. baby. All right, yeah, this is the totally. one limiting factor. BMI, you got the BMI to play in the NFL. Tight skin, Ben. Yeah, Solex. real tight skin over here. Let's do um, it. And also, like, just generally speaking, uh, you know, I, your guys' reaction, I think, is perfect because I think that Corral is going to be, like, one of those sneaky guys who who ends up being picked higher than everybody thinks he will because he's sort of been flying under the radar throughout the draft process. Not necessarily because I believe he should, but he wasn't at the Senior Bowl, and that kind of, like, had him slide into, like, the back of the narratives or whatever. He didn't work out at the Combine because he's still recovering, I believe, from an ankle injury or something like that. Um and so he's just kind of behind the scenes, but I still think teams like this guy. And he was a little bit bigger I like than, this guy. I, I, yeah. So, all right. I think it's really stupid when teams draw huge conclusions from meeting these guys for short periods of time. But we were talking about cut of the jab. You meet the guy. Just at his press conference. Yeah. Matt Corral. Five minutes in, I'm like, I would play for this guy. He's a he's a good hang. He, he, <laughs> I, 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 he just, he's Matt not Corral was just talking and he just believes in himself in this way that is not uppity. I don't know. He's just very confident. I'm just like, yeah. All right, oh, cool. I'll play for this guy. Sam Howell seems like a good dude, you know. Bless his heart. Isn't there like some story about he he went to Oaks Christian and then he left because he didn't like being like surrounded by a bunch of like up uppity rich, like rich kids? kids. <laughs> that that's part of the story. Per sources, which I'm pretty sure have been corroborated and publicized, he also like beat somebody up. He also got in a fight. With, oh. I think it was like some rich uppity kid, but let's not let's not, let's not act like act like Corral was like my noble stance for the middle class here. Also, I can't return to this school. They physically won't let me on. <laughs> on Wikipedia, it says he later switched schools due to Oaks Christian. Or wait, he later stated he switched schools due to Oaks Christian being for rich kids that were quote never going to have to work a day in their lives. Wow, Matt so like Corral, like, champion like, of the people. What a Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, and in his head, he's picturing that kid he punched in the face. Probably high school altercation with man. This is such a random person. Uh, Tristan Gretzky, Wayne son Gretzky. Of oh, yes. icon Wayne Gretzky. Stop Holy it. shit! David Oaks Gretzkin, uh, where quote That's students sick. flashed money and were quote never gonna have to work a day in their lives. Are you saying that Wayne Gretzky's grandson is not gonna have to work a day in his life? It's his, his son. It's his son. It's a straight his son. son. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That he's not that old. That old. Yeah. <laughs> Corral, Corral, um, Corral went on to say that kid, his dad went through hoops to fuck up my life. So he's from Ventura, California, Wait, too. What? Craig is all in. Craig is all in on that. Anti-billionaire, Matt, Matt Corral. I can see it in his eyes. Craig loves Matt Corral now. Yeah. That's tight. Wow. <laughs> Champion That's of the tight. proletariat. Violence is bad, and for all the children listening, please don't like get in fights, but but that's kind of awesome. But if they're Wayne like Gretzky, big kind of awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to be violent, be, it'd, it'd be cool also at the same time. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky's kid pulled up, do you know who my dad is? And Matt Corral's like, I don't care. Also, oh, not going to lie, man. if you get in, in a fight with uh, Wayne Gretzky's kid, it really helps to be incredible at a sport so other schools will take you. 
Yeah, yes. right. If you're yeah. like not good at sports, maybe don't get in fights. Don't get in fight with Tristan Gretzky. Was yes. it was, was did Wayne Wayne Gretzky's kid also have a bunch of enforcers around him to like finish the fights that he started? Yeah, hockey's the only sport that literally has enforcers. DK, <laughs> <laughs> did Wayne Gretzky's kid play hockey? There's no I way he did it, right? You gotta at least put him in skates. We gotta go down this uh, Wikipedia hole later. Yeah, um, we, need, we need to learn more about this. Email us at right. fantasyfootball at gmail.com if you <laughs> have more info on Tristan Gretzky or also honestly just want to say goodbye since this is the last episode we'll ever do is because uh, since we're about to get subpoenaed by like the Gretzky family. <laughs> so like, Big you Gretzky. know, just wish us your goodbyes. Okay. Back on the bus before we get into All some right. altercations here. That was so informative. That was good. I'm glad we talked through that. All right, we're skipping Philly because we already talked about Tyra Linderbaum. Going back to Pittsburgh. Paul! Oh, sorry. Wait, you didn't say it yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the mock draft works, though. You just see your team and you're like, oh, stop yeah. the bus, stop the scroll. Craig scrolled directly to this already. Kenny Pickett out of pit. Okay, Paul. <laughs> the slide, the, the picket slide stops here. The hand size thing is is not enough to let them. Uh, like pass on Kenny Pickett here. What do so you think, it's like Craig? too much for the ni- top 19, but once it gets to 20, it's like, you know what? That's the, well, that's the here's the deal. Point. The Steelers, I think like a couple of weeks ago, we would have thought the Steelers would have to trade up to get Pickett. I don't think that's the case anymore. He may fall to them. They might not have to move. This is like the Patriots and Mac Jones last year. And, you know, like maybe like a year from now, we're like, wow, how the hell did Pickett slide so far? You know, and because he's like, obviously got a um, some playmaking talent. He's good outside the pocket. Uh, he improved dra- dramatically this last year. He's like, actually, his numbers were outstanding. So um, there's definitely lots I like about him. But again, it's like you have to bet on this outlier. I've come around on this. I'm happy with Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Two I change. think he's better than Mason Rudolph. That's for sure. Yeah, I certainly don't want Mason Rudolph quarterbacking the team. But like, I, I just don't want, I don't want to do what Washington just did. I don't want to bring in some... Mariota type. I don't want that at all. Start fresh. Yeah. If we can develop him, that's great. Get a rookie mm-hmm. deal. Bring in free agents, whatever, like shore up the offensive line. Let's see if he can work in that Canada system. I'm happy with the guy who had the best uh, year out of all these quarterbacks last year. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't care about his hands. So my girlfriend's family is from Pittsburgh. I'm literally going to, when I mentioned I'm seeing Hamilton earlier, I'm literally seeing Hamilton in Pittsburgh. Mm. And I don't think I really knew that much about like the surrounding city until the last year or so. And the pit quarterback going to the Steelers would be crazy for the <laughs> Pittsburgh area. Like Pitt is so ingrained. Like the college is so ingrained into the city. And then the Steelers are about as interwoven with a city as you can get for an NFL team other than probably the Packers. Like it would be nuts if Kenny Pickett went to the Steelers. It would be really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm up for it. I like it. I mean, he's still, he's, I would like to point out, he still is my top ranked quarterback. I just, I, I do like him. I think it's just a matter of like our team's willing to take that risk. That's well, okay. Big. So let's, let's dispense of this exercise for one moment of the, who you think the team will pick. You're at, he, Kenny Pickett's your number one quarterback. You are now the Seattle GM mm-hmm. and you already called back the Broncos and asked to undo like take backsies and they said no. And now you have to take the quarterback number <laughs> nine. Are you taking Kenny Pickett? To replace Russell Wilson with the ninth pick in this year's draft if you're in charge, DK. I'm going with Willis. I, I'm going the riskier route, I think, and and going for more upside. And and the style that that Willis brings, I think, is why I was so excited in, in like the early Russell Wilson era. Um, like read option, bootlegs, all that stuff. I do think Kenny Pickett would be fine. I'm, I'm not like I would be necessarily super disappointed about Pickett, but I just am more excited about Willis. Plus, everything we've heard about the cut of his jib as Ben mm-hmm. is so eloquently put it um, got a good jib he's like 
the type of leader that people um, want to rally behind. You know, uh, we're getting the uh, the Russell Wilson Uber Christian vibes from from Willis also. So there's some of that going on. Like, <laughs> so keep 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 the tone the same from the quarterback position. <laughs> Go Hawks! Yeah. Wait. So, but does if you would take Willis first, shouldn't he be the first quarterback on your under your next big board when you update? Well, it? he would take him first for Seattle. I guess right. is what he's saying. Also, like. You know, not to be a broken record, but like it is a question of upside versus floor. And my personality, I guess, is to go for the upside here. And that's what I want for the Seahawks. Um, I do think Kenny Pickett, if he came in, he'd start right away. And I think their offense would probably function pretty well. And maybe he would actually be better on third downs than Russ, uh, than uh, Malik Willis. So that could be actually a better pick. But I'll just shoot for the upside. If Kenny Pickett had 10 inch hands, what would the rap be on him? I think people would think he's like Tony Romo. And that's who I comped him to. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. So if I he think had ten it, inch hands, there'd be not a ton of questions about Kenny Pickett, and he'd be like a consensus top ten pick. The the questions would be more along the lines of, uh, why did it take you so long to break out? Because he's a fifth year senior who who only put he's up big numbers. He's twenty three years old. Um, and so Burrow vibes, right? I wouldn't say he's nece- yeah, he's got Burrow vibes. Like he's not necessarily like physically elite. Like he doesn't have like a cannon for an arm. He's not going to like run around like some of these other guys. Um, but he is, uh, you know, he, he does have a good feel for like the pocket, you know, he's very accurate most of the time, you know, none but of this these is guys a good are question. Like, d- accurate, so like but... if Kenny Pickett had 10 inch hands, would mm-hmm. the lions be stupid for passing on Kenny Pickett? No, uh, he played well. Um, but it's, it's not an offense. Like, you know, for like, he was like, oh, he's at Pitt. Like that's like a, you know, an ACC school. I'm like, oh, he's white, but he's not really an offense that like made him read you know what i mean that made him process you still have those questions um a lot of it was just getting athletes in space then throw into space from there um he manages the pocket well but he's not a particularly notable athlete uh so you imagine that there's going to be a fall off there while he's accurate and he understands the limits of his arm strength doesn't have a particularly strong arm so this is not a quarterback that you're tripping over yourself to go get it would not be a you're dumb for passing on him the small hands creates an outlier measure that's going to flag him for certain teams right and other teams will be like, now we've seen the tape, we don't care, because different teams have different processes. Um, but in general, before we knew anything really about his hands, this was a guy who had a, had a nice fifth-year senior, 23-year-old season in college that improved his draft stock into the first round. But to me, he's not a consensus first-rounder. He's not a lights-out prospect, and that's independent of hand size. Yeah. Okay. He's like, to bring all right. it all back to, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, he's like Jack Kelly. He's got the small hands. Anyone? He, he does have the small hands. No one? Okay, no I kind of hope Kenny Pickett goes to the Steelers. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Back on the All bus. Right. We probably should speed this up a little bit. I'm going to drive a little bit haphazard. New England Good. Patriots. Haphazard. Shout out though. Long the haphazard. <laughs> Can you just turn this into the bus from the movie Speed now, where if it goes below yeah, 60 miles an hour, it down. explodes? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go to the airport, I, I start thinking about that, by the way. Don't they go to the airport and just drive around on the runways for like they an They do. Hour? It's such a good movie. <laughs> Speed's great. That's a rewatchables. Hell yeah. Um, all right. The Patriots, I'm giving cornerback Trent McDuffie from Washington. Moving along to Las Vegas. Like the that. Raiders. 
I'm going with edge rusher David Ojabo, who might probably actually maybe not last this long. I might have like undersold David Ojabo a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Or Ben, you're you're giving me a funny face. No, I'm, I'm thinking through it. I, I like Ojabo after Jermaine Johnson, after mm-hmm. George Karlaftis, and after Trayvon Walker, all of whom you've had already slided. I know there are people right. who don't. People think that the Eagles are going to trade up for this guy. I watch Ojabo, and I say, yeah, sure, like end of the first round, but I'm not trying to trip over myself. All right. All right. That's a good gut check. All right. Moving on to Arizona, we got Andrew Booth Jr. I think they just need more corners. Dallas Cowboys. Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Just shot Paul. Okay. Why are the Cowboys drafting more linebackers? Do they love linebackers. Else? What are you talking Stop about? They love. Linebacker. Yeah, but you need other things. Tell that to Jerry. They, yeah, they, they, these two. guys love linebackers. You need a safety. You need a defensive tackle. You need a wide that- receiver depth. Need in defensive depth. DK, stop drafting <laughs> linebackers. In defensive yeah. DK, I love when teams stack strength on strength. And as a Giants fan, when I saw the Cowboys drafted like an insane freak athlete to put next to Micah Parsons, I kind of was like, "Oh my god, that's terrifying." <laughs> right, and 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 then it'll be out with Leighton Vander Esch after they're already out with Jalen Smith. Yeah, and they've got Jaron Curse and Keanu Neal basically already paid linebacker. Just gonna bring in linebackers forever, and then wonder why they can't cover slot receivers. This ain't hard. <laughs> Gotta invest other positions, baby. All right, that's fair. I'll remember that next time, and I then give them another linebacker the tour. All right, <laughs> that was such, you know that line in the Dark Knight where it's like I kill the bus driver. That was like Solak right there, just like absolutely just ripped up DK. I appreciated it. I encourage it. Go, speaking of that, Buffalo Bills. I feel like Solak's gonna like this one. Jameson Williams, receiver out of Alabama, speedster. Pair him with Josh Allen. Fun as hell. Uh, all right, Tennessee Titans, Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Tampa Linebacker. Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So you don't have to go so fast, you skip the positions. It's like speed doesn't have to be like 100. <laughs> like 85. All right, moving along. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Offensive ta- or sorry, offensive guard slash tackle, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. He's probably going to be a guard. why not Zion? I think he's a foot injury for the Pelicans. Or are you talking about someone yeah, else? Yeah, true. So I guess reg- uh, this isn't exactly what I would do. I think I, I think I prefer Zion actually. Yeah, yeah. Zion Johnson out of Boston College. I always like I'm talking about tested great. From what I understand, yeah. Zion's like a consensus first rounder now for the league. Yeah. So and Green I, I, did again, not test very well as far as I can remember yeah. at the combine. So I think the guard situation is is fluid. And again, like you might be right, maybe Zion goes ahead of him. But Kenyon Green, I still think, I, and I have been seeing him in, in first rounds of mock drafts. So yeah, um, I think there's a chance he still goes in the first round despite not ta- testing very well. Um, Green Bay Packers. I gave him Chris Olave from Ohio Ooh, State. I think it makes Paul, a lot of sense. This is fun. This is Lid fun, lifter. right? Yeah. Give the man what he wants. Uh, Valdez Scanling is a free agent, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. And Randall uh, Cobb and Equidemia St. Brown and Robert Tunyon. They have nobody. So they have football. Lazard. They're gonna they franchise tag Devontae Adams, and that's it, right? Yeah. And and Josiah DeGuara and, and Amari, Amari Rogers. Last year's third round pick. <laughs> oh, Amari Rogers. Right. Right. And they never want to play him ever. This is legit a fantastic pick from DK, and it's one of those where you there's sometimes mock drafts kind of have like that red meat at the end to be like, hey, you should you should keep scrolling. There's more fun stuff. This one actually makes so many sense for so many layers for everything you guys just laid out. It makes Obviously, so many plus sense. So Rogers, many senses. So many senses. All well, there's them. probably five senses to it. But no, I, I, keeping Rogers happy. Olave. I don't know why in my head, but part of me just thinks he would be Aaron Rodgers as Tyler Lockett, which would just be really cool. Oh, this feels like an immediate fantasy relevant person. If yes. he went to the Packers. Yeah, 100%. Rodgers is Tyler Lockett. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
Um, all right. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins. Ironically, from the 49ers, offensive tackle Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. I think they're switching nice. to the 49ers style run game. Need an athletic guy who's kind of a glass heater in the run game. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. They need offensive line uh, upgrades. Moving to Kansas City, Logan Hall from Houston. I just kind of feel like Ooh, the Chiefs like they like long guys. They like love, athletic love, love, guys. Love, 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 love. Very good pick. <laughs> yes, mm, that's a good pick. There we go. We're back. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Zion Johnson, as Ben was alluding to, there it is. A very athletic. Got to get Burrow some protection. I think it makes a ton of sense. And then finally, last okay, pick of the round. Guess? Yes. Detroit Lions. Whoever you picked. Detroit Lions. Uh, is this, is, did you do the quarterback thing again? Is this Ritter? No. I, was also I did that in my first mock draft. Yeah, yeah. What, who is it? George Pickens out of Georgia, George the receiver, uh, who I believe that Ben really likes. I like him a lot, too. He's yeah. tall. He ran like a 4-4-5 four, four, or something like that, which is a really good number for him. Um, this is a guy that got hurt last year. Or missed, he I'm missed mentioning it. people's 40s. <laughs> we <laughs> talk about is how it doesn't matter. He's we always fast. Lead with the 40s. fast as hell. All right, you're, okay. you're right. We have you're a right. toxic relationship with the 40s. <laughs> we do. They're do like we that bad do? guy that you should stop texting, but you like, just stop texting the guy. Just Buddy, stop we doing just went to the We just went to the combine. Ha- it's on the tip of my tongue. So do you have a friend say? who like texts a guy and then blocks his number, but then still DMs him on Instagram? And I'm like, why? Yeah. Just block him <laughs> everywhere. Like multi-platform block. <laughs> you, it doesn't matter if you unblock an Insta. And then I have a friend who like, de- who like deletes Twitter because he doesn't want to like get addicted to the app, but then he like logs onto Twitter.com on Safari. And I'm like, it's the same thing. That's with DK and, and the uh, 40 times. I don't have this many Just, friends, man. <laughs> Y'all got a lot of friends and a lot of things. I ain't got friends like this. So, like, you go to church, and believe me, uh, that's probably just more wholesome than anything I get going on in my life. So, don't you, you don't want me. friends? You don't want none of this shit, do we? We are nihilists, so like, not we, exactly have, we, bragging we don't find either. any meaning in anything. I'm like, oh, my friend loves Twitter so much. <laughs> this is what we talk about. We talk about Twitter. My friend's addicted to Twitter. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great time. Anyway. Also, Craig always talks about how he has a bunch of friends, Solak. It's not just you. Solak, Craig literally was like, I don't like 10 teams leagues. I can't fit all my friends in them. That's not what I said. That is basically no, what those I said. were his words verbatim. I remember. <laughs> I was there. Not I, that's not what I said. The team anyway, what's going stacked. on? The Lions took a receiver. I do like George Pickens a lot. I, I uh, kind of think he's like way underrated. Josh yes. Reynolds, George Pickens, and Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't play. Now we're we talking. Roll with that. Right? Yeah, we can roll with that. That is like right. going from the Lions having the worst receiving core in a year to like one of the more exciting young ones in like basically a single calendar year. That's pretty fun. Uh, DK, question for you uh, yep. at the end of the bus right here. Thank you for driving. You've been great. <laughs> We're not tipping him, right? All over Five the country. Five stars. Yeah. Um, what do you think the odds are that Desmond Ritter could fall to like the mid to late second round and the Steelers actually get him and take like an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle in the first round? Could he fall that late? There, yeah, I think he could. I think it's possible. It's very tough to know what this cl- what the NFL thinks of this class. <clears throat> However, I think the NFL is also kind of telling us how they feel about this class. Like the fact that the commanders went and traded for Wentz instead of just deciding to go with whoever is at the eleven number the ele- the number eleven spot. That's um, true. That's quite the tells indictment. you that they're not too high on this class. And I think, um, I don't know what, what odds would you put it on like. I think there's maybe like a 30 to 40% chance he's still there. I just know that the Steelers are going to be boring. They're going to draft a defensive tackle at 20th, and I'm going to hold out hope that they draft Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Draft Pickett in round one, and then draft Ritter in round two. <laughs> oh, the but Bill th- Simmons model. Yeah, this let's is, do it, baby. We need this some quarterbacks. I, I, this is a question I have for both of you. I do not understand when people talk about 
will like wait till the second round to get the quarterback. It's your quarterback. You know, I, I don't like this was the thing I went through in the Giants, like the Giants two, two years ago had Daniel Jones, the, the sixth pick. And then I think they had the 17th pick. And some people were saying, well, they're going to take Daniel Jones, but they should wait till the 17th pick. What are you talking about? If you think Daniel Jones is terrible, I get that. Believe me. But if you think Daniel Jones or this year Desmond Ritter is good enough to be your starting quarterback, then you take him with the first pick. Who cares about adding some other starter who might be good? Like, he's leading your team in the most important position in team sports. If you think he's good enough, you think he's good enough. I don't understand about playing the game of waiting 20 picks. And the Ravens did the same thing by taking a tight end and then trading back in for Lamar Jackson. That's Hayden crazy Hurst. to me. This is the Hayden Hurst caller. Uh, the Ravens took corollary. a tight end with the 25th pick and had to trade back to 32 to get Lamar. What on earth? How did NFL draft boards work? Work, that Hi, that's you're so thing. right. Do you think that has anything to do with not wanting to be embarrassed, not wanting to be made fun yes, of by the 100%. rest of the team? It's almost like yes. in fantasy football, right? Where you're like drafting and you're like, I know I want this guy, yeah. but he's ranked yeah. 12 spots too low. So I won't because when I pick him, everybody will make fun of me. So I'm going to wait and hope he's there the next round. Would you rather be wrong doing something everyone else would have done? Or would you rather be wrong doing something only you would have done? Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, right. you know, I actually think that that is also that, that's so true. And I thought of that when this is the nerdiest thing I could pull out of my my ass. But then the dynasty draft <laughs> I did. I had a number mm -hmm. one pick in a dynasty draft last year. And like, obviously, you take Trevor Lawrence. And part of me was like, screw it. I actually kind of want to take Trey Lance. I just think give me 10 years. I kind of want the guy in the Kyle Shanahan offense. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. if I get that wrong, I look pretty stupid. If I take Trey Lance, I'm wrong about Trevor Lawrence. Like, Everyone's wrong. It's true, though. Like, it, remember when we're talking human. about like. In fantasy, do you want to start the like the shoe in starter, or do you want to start like we say like What are you going to be more upset about the next morning? Yeah, you know what are you going to wake up and be like, God, why did I do that? And the <laughs> yep. silver light of day, why did I do that? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I we got one email here that sticking with this quarterback thing. I want to stick with you guys. Uh, we got an email from Wes. 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 Wes says that he. So the other day, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni mentioned the four key traits he looks at for quarterback play, and he says accuracy, decision. Sorry, I can't speak English. Decision. Decision-making. Decision, decision. De, uh, That's like Sean Connery. Decision-making. <laughs> <laughs> those decisions. The old James Bonds. Ugh. Those movies are a little weird. They don't really yeah. survive. Yes. Day day. No that good. is correct. Anyway, quarterbacks. Accuracy, decision-making, ability to create, and then arm strength. Do you guys agree that those are the four things you look for in a quarterback? And is and that hands. the order? Hands and hand size, obviously. Yeah. So those are certainly like four important things. And I would say that you can generally, if you gave me without a name, just like, you know, an X out of 10 ranking for a quarterback in those four categories, I could generally tell you if he's going to be good or not and kind of like maybe what his play style is a little bit. It's worth noting that like coaches like those buzzwords because like they're, they're kind of nebulous, right? Like ability to create, like decision making. Like you don't really have to like nail those down. Right now, Nick Sirianni's starting quarterback is like, a one out of four <laughs> accuracy decision making and arm strength are all not really Jalen Hurts' strengths right so it's a little bit like yeah I also would like a quarterback who's perfect in all four of those things and that's what you look for you make concessions though it's not mm -hmm. to say like oh my quarterback has to have those four things to be successful so I would argue there's far far fewer than 32 quarterbacks who have all of those things at like a really solid high quality level uh, and so those those things certainly matter size absolutely matters uh, you know decision make pocket management that falls into decision making like that matters um but those four traits are pretty cardinal it's just we shouldn't act like the every quarterback needs all four in order to hang yeah i would say these are like buckets accuracy is pretty specific i would say but decision making there's a lot in there that goes into it like 
the ability to go through your reads, the ability to, um, as Greg Cosell likes to say, isolate and eliminate. And so basically, like, go, like figure out who's going to be open on a certain play, read the, read the defense, um, and manipulate the pocket, step around in the pocket, move around in the pocket, be able to throw when there's pressure in your face. Um, do you have a short memory? things like that there's a million things about quarterback there's a reason there's like 12 players in the nfl that are like actually good on earth that are like actually good at it um ability to create is again like kind of a bucket for a lot of different things like does that mean like extending plays running around um you know throwing it up to only the spot where your receiver can get it things like that and then arm strength i think that arm strength is is another one that like people a lot of people like to say arm talent which is like the ability to like feather passes when you need to layer it over the defense on the second level. Um, there's more than just like firing it in at a hundred miles an hour to every time. Right. It's like having different pitches as a pitcher, right? You don't just go right. fast. You have a curve. Arrows in the quiver. So yeah, I mean, I think those are like four good buckets, but there's like a million things that are inside all those, like all those different like categories, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Let's get last up here. America's favorite segment, two jargons and a lie. A game yeah, that actually well. is really good to play on a bus if you are on a bus for a long time. <laughs> with somebody who knows I really spy with my little jargon. eye. So Honestly, one, you one actually lie. could probably could do this with because every job has jargon, right? You probably exactly, could do yeah. jargon and lie like with every everyone's job has some now sort of like the jobs oh, of finance a marketing would be a great one. Yeah. The thing is that like so the jobs amazing. of the marketing specialists don't get covered publicly. So you would say the jargons, and I'd be like, I you'd be flying in the dark. Which speaking of flying in the dark. That sounds like a jargon. Yeah. Uh, I can't beat Craig, so I have now decided to cheat uh, (laughs) so as to win. The three jargons of this week are... How did you cheat? I don't get it. You're about to hear. Only Solak is so honest he would announce he cheated ahead of time. (laughs) It's like you don't even get how cheating works. Last last episode, I did certain guys. Now I'm going to do certain prospects. Are you ready? Red chip prospect. Black chip prospect. Blue chip prospect. Ooh. Well, then, blue chip. The term blue chip is like one of the most you know common terms in sports. Okay, which maybe makes makes me think perhaps it is the lie. <laughs> um, red chip, black. What is it? Red, black, blue. Red chip, black chip, blue chip. Redfish, blue fish. I, yeah, you're right. You're right, Ben. I cannot. I yes, can't this is cheating. Anything. I can't decipher what you're trying to get at here. There are no cracks. What you have to ask yourself is, which colors would NFL scouts of 45 years ago <laughs> have cared about the most to distinguish prospects? I feel like poker's definitely blue and red chips, so I'm going to go with black chips fake. Poker's definitely blue Craig and red chips. Craig is thinking about it hard. I know. I'm, I'm just... If you're in a casino, it's definitely blue and red chips. That's definitely the classic. There's no black chips? Right, but my, I guess my thinking would be that like, if blue and red chips are not... Um, they're not synonymous with like high value. I would say a black chip. When you would think of a black chip, you would perhaps think this one's the thousand dollar chip. Blue and blue and red just seem like general everyday chips. So maybe one of those is the fake one because they mean the same thing. I'm gonna say red chips fake. I oh no. Final answers? Sure. I'm saying black chips fake. So my cheating was successful. Black chip is the fake one. Uh, we will use the term blue chip, as Craig said, very common. I wasn't sure how common it was in other sports, but blue chip is very common for a tip-top prospect. Top yeah. five guy, going to be elite at his position. 
a thing that a lot of people don't know, which to me is hilarious, is that red chip just means a little bit worse than a blue chip. All right. A red chip prospect is a top 10 guy, not elite, but near elite, not amazing, but great. And then they just stopped. They were like, there's no other chips. They were like, do you want yellow chips, green chips, orange chips? That's too much to remember. That's enough. That's enough. Right. We're just going to start. What it was was like when they were building draft boards by hand, they had like little blue magnets or whatever, and they put them next to the star guys. And they were like, yeah. And then they were like, oh, we need a way to talk about the guys who are almost blue chips, but not blue chips. Like, oh, we'll do red chips. And then they just ran out of the need. They were like, all right, we can memorize everybody from here, which is so arbitrary and dumb. My thinking was not off base too much. Like red and blue are like, they're essentially the same thing. You know, a top five, yes. top 10. That's the yeah. thing is like, in my head, you'd have blue chip and then like red chip would be like, we're not taking him. Like, you know, right. character like concern. Average. Like red yeah, flag, yeah. right? No, red chip just means almost a blue chip. Dang. Why they couldn't just do a slightly smaller blue chip? I don't know. But apparently this is the way the rules work. I have been bested. Like I said, I was cheating. I gave you no background to work <laughs> off of whatsoever. Uh, I thought that... Uh... I thought that you were going to say the red chip. I have heard this before, like a blue player. I, they always talk about a blue player, like they, whatever, those are the elite guys. But I thought maybe the red was, this is a medical check guy, because they put a little, uh, no, uh, that's, cr- that's like a red on cross old, or whatever. On old scouting board, that's a black cross. It's like a, oh, a black Swedish one, flag. okay. It's like, yeah, it's like the red, red flag, like the Swedish flag. It's like, like, it's a black cross. And that was your okay. medical guys. Right. Uh, do again, you guys, do we have time made up. to do one? <laughs> I have three that I can do here. If you want me to go. Let's save it. Let's save Let's it, save DK. It. We're, we're, save uh, we're running it. long There's only anyway. so many terms, so I'm okay we with that. We do have a very important thing come out of this, which is if you listen, if you have made it this far to this podcast, first of all, thank you. Hats Please off. email us. If you've made it this far, <laughs> we want to hear from you. Hats email off. us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If Hats you off to have the sickos. Two tr- if you have two <laughs> jargons and a lie from your own like whatever yes. the hell it is you yeah. do, this when you're, is your field. Whether you I study, like you work, whatever the hell, your oh, own wow. career. I don't. If you're an accountant, we have doctors, we have lawyers. Lawyers can make up all this Latin and the law, whatever it is. Give us two jargons and a lie. Put the put it put the make your email subject line two jargons and a lie, and then put the two jargons and a lie in the email, and then in white font put the answer so that I can just highlight it. But that way, if I open the emails, I don't see the answer when I open it. So I can. Wow, we're really it. taking this thing global. This is going to be like a. This is going <laughs> to yes. be like a card game on people's. It is fun. Counters so two jargons in your workplace. Emails at reinfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you've made it this far, I want to hear from you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, DK. Uh, thank you, Nick Seriani, for outlining the buckets. Thank you in advance to the Giants for taking a lineman. Thank you to DK for being a great bus driver. I'm not going to take you. Thank you, Kenny Pickett. Welcome to Pittsburgh, young man. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> well, it's not that thank, young. Thank you, Kyle Hamilton. Thank you, Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda, for my weekend, for kind of my whole itinerary. Uh, thank you to whoever invented the chain of the bus. Yeah. So yeah it's, it's a solid invention. A really good idea. <laughs> it's lasted the test of time. Anything else? Anything else we got to thank? Other than thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you, the Black Keys. Nice. Oh, nice. Black Keys are great. I nice. knew that band. <laughs> I officially knew I understood Love that them. reference they're great <laughs> ah, I understood that reference uh, you guys know how I didn't know uh, now I'm just really just outing myself but remember when we made the joke that like, I didn't know the Beatles was like the Beatles and they spelled yeah. different it took me a yeah. long time to realize the Black Keys was like a piano reference I didn't know that yeah. for quite yeah. a while <laughs> that's rough well you know you'll get there or not depends on the bus you're still young Goodbye, everyone. 
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit Honda.com slash Prologue to learn more.